Welcome to Climate Watch, a podcast that delves deep into the pressing issue of climate change. I'm Gao Junya. Launched in 2013, the Belt and Road Initiative, or BRI, transcends connectivity. It also boosts sustainability. Over the past decade, the BRI has been a driving force behind the green and low-carbon development, promoting sustainable economic growth in the world. From renewable energy projects to afforestation drives, from eco-friendly urbanization to green transportation, the BRI is stepping up its efforts to build a sustainable future. In today's program, we explore how the green initiatives are making a tangible impact and what challenges lie ahead. Building the Green Silk Road plays a significant role in promoting high-quality Belt and Road cooperation. At this year's Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation, a spotlight was cast on green development with a high-level forum. To gather further insights into BRI's green trajectory, I have spoken with Shaquille Ahmad Rame, Chief Executive Officer of Asian Institute of Eco Civilization Research and Development. Mr. Rame was a participant in the High-Level Green Development Forum at the Third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation. Is this the first time that you attend the BRI Forum? How would you describe your experience, and what stood out to you about the forum? Yes, it is my first time, and、uh, I think it is a wonderful experience. So I'm just、uh, what I witnessed is that the positivity. The people around the forum, who either they are coming from Africa, Asia, Latin America, anywhere from the world, they were very positive. They were positive about the outcome of BRI. They were looking BRI as a ray of hope to solve their problem, and that was very unique because I am visiting so many international forums like climate change negotiations, sustainable development conference, and other places. But I could not find such positivity, so which I found here at the BRI forum.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, you participated in the high-level forum on green development, which is one of the three high-level forums at this year's event. Why do you think the BRI forum emphasized green development so prominently? I think the world right now is facing two types of the problem. One is on economic side. Other is on the environmental side and the climate change. If you look at the economic side, there is a very high poverty, there is a food insecurity, there is a low growth, and there is a lack of investment. As we know, so few years back, the McKinsey International they came up with a figure. So world need world lack.、Uh, there was a gap of 5.5 trillion US dollar annually for the investment. So, on the economic side, there is a problem. When we look on the climate change, the climate change has put the whole system, the whole planet, at the stake. Where there is usually we say, so climate change is the existential threat for the planet, and many countries they are suffering due to the climate change impacts. For example, last year in Pakistan there was a flood. That single flood inflicted a cost of 30 billion US dollar on Pakistan. If you look at the economic size of Pakistan, and then you look at our financial health, we are struggling to meet the financial requirements of our country. On top of that, we have to face a loss of 30 billion US dollar. This is a story of other countries. 
either you can talk about the developed countries developing countries so climate change is putting a pressure on our system and environment degradation is also happening so we have to tackle these two issues simultaneously we have to take care of poverty economic growth investment and environment and climate change i think the green bri forum is presenting a solution for both where the green bir forum is talking about let's create a balance between the basic needs of a human and the basic needs of the planet so they can go hand in hand and it is also required because if you put the a very ambitious ghg reduction ambitions but at the but cost at the cost of people's jobs and their livelihoods we cannot succeed so we need a balance that's why i think the bri forum is offering the both opportunities the economic solutions and environment and climate change solution that's why it's a very important i think it is not my only my opinion <clears throat> if you talk to anybody on the forum they will give you the same opinion why because these are the real challenges and that's why bri is important as i said already so i find so much positivity that's why people are positive about it because bri not for talking in the air or in the space bri is talking on the basis of the ground realities the bri is giving the solutions which people needs for example when i said so there is a need the president xi jinping also said in one of his speech and i think on apec he said there is a need to create a balance between the ambitions of ghg reductions and the living needs of the people because without people we cannot get the support of the society and without the support of society we cannot not implement any program that's why i feel this forum is very important and promoting green development is among the eight points chinese president xi jinping proposed in his keynote speech at the opening ceremony of the bri forum how do you evaluate this proposal i think chinese president xi jinping has talked two or three times about uh, the needs for the green development when he said there is a need of a green invest uh, development and he also spoke about the green infrastructure but the solution for these how to go there for example on one side when the president xi jinping is talking about the create logistic hubs in asia and in with between china and the europe so that logistic hub when you will be creating an infrastructure that will follow the principles of the sustainable development the principles of the green development that's mean you are having concrete program to support your dream then second when the president xi jinping said let's create e-commerce corridor as a road that is another innovative where when you have don't have to just produce every market and to create the physical infrastructures but you rely on the technology to go for the trade and then for the physical transactions or the physical transfer of the goods and goods and services you can use the high quality infrastructure which will be built under the asia logistic corridor or the china european union logistic corridor the both corridors will present you a solution so on one side china is presenting the solution for the market rather than the physical market move toward the e market but on the other side when you have to go for the transactions you must have the quality high quality infrastructure which must be built according to the rules and regulations or the principles of the green development i believe china will deliver on it why i say it if you look at apart from the bri if you look at the three dimensional transportation network policy of china 
that is all about that china is talking about to create the international linkages not only the domestic linkages but also the global linkages china is trying to build that infrastructure also with the principles of the green investment so china is not only presenting the solution presenting a solution but china is also presenting the concrete program to support those policy or action the china will be coming up with the best available solution with concrete plans can you share the primary insights or ideas you presented at the high level forum i presented two things number one my idea was try to create a balance between the living needs of the people and the uh, and the development need a growth and ambitions for the ghg emission reductions because as explained by your previous point it is very important second i presented that BRI should counter all those movements which western countries are going to do or they are doing they are trying to privatize climate change actions they are trying to shift their responsibility toward the private sector but the private sector cannot take over the job of the state because if west become very successful to divert the debate to the privatization of climate action that's mean so west will be able to divert the attention from the principle of equity and the historical responsibility so nobody can claim blame any company oh you in the past you were doing this no pay for it but when it come to the state state we can do this so bri should do that bring in the private sector but led by the state that is very important and stick to the principle of equity and the historical responsibility as well responsibility in that greater thing third point which i wanted to talk but could not have the time to go for look if we look at this point of the time cities they are the biggest source of the climate change because city almost consume 80% of energy and they also contribute almost 70% of ghg emissions greenhouse gas emissions city are the centers you can say the of climate change along the bri china can present a new idea of city building what is needed to build a city two thing basically infrastructure connectivity and then digital connectivity so the bri have those both components so bri is putting railway roads airlines shipping everything and then bri is launching also the silk a digital silk road that is also the part of it a third thing is business so china is presenting the e-commerce so e-commerce is also presenting the business and then the fourth one is transactions or the establishment of the different production facilities so these four things are provided by the bri so the bri can go for a new models of the city because right now the models of city where we are living these were designed in accordance with the first industrial revolution but we are living in the fourth industrial revolution we need new type of the cities the one of things can be the spatially hybrid city urbanization so you use the infrastructure you use the digital space you use the other things to bring on the new type of you can say the cities or the urbanization process which corresponds to the need to the fourth industrial revolution which can help to grow but which can also help to mitigate the climate change what were your key takeaways from discussions centered around green development I think the one of the it can be said in the one sentence the key takeaways it's important to take action 
speak less and move your hands more so that's the chinese proverb also shut your mouth and move your hands so that is a take key takeaway so we are facing challenges the challenge is so huge so we need to work and work in collaboration and cooperation we don't need to work in silos if we work in the silos we will not be able to we will not be successful because climate change are other problems they are not one country specific they are the global in nature so we need to take action but with the cooperation and building the collaboration and avoid this guy block confrontation or the block mentality and how would you assess the BRI's commitment to sustainable developments over the past decade what milestones can you highlight i think uh, BRI have taken many uh, many initiatives like i give you one example from the pakistan so so under the bri because the cpac china pakistan economic corridor is the one of the corridor of bri so china is investing in the renewable energy in pakistan either it's a solar or it's a you can say the wind or the hydro in the three form china have invested for example azad patan project then there is a sukki kinari then there is even kadiazam solar park then there are number of wind parks and then the china apart from a bri also investing in the our hydro power so that is the biggest contribution because energy is the basic need for the industrial development and if it is being provided by the clean source that's mean you are getting the required energy you are getting the momentum or the impetus for the growth but the source of energy is clean and you're polluting the environment less so that's why if you find other example in other parts of the country like in a vietnam like in african countries so many other countries china has invested in the hydro china has invested in the solar that's why china is a champion of the solar and the renewable energy right now and within the bri framework do certain regions showcase specific preferences for green development or do individual countries tailor their programs based on their unique national circumstances i think when we talk about the green development main focus is how to get growth and tackle the issue of environmental degradation and the climate change and the climate change and environment that is a global issue in nature whatever you do you have to take in consideration the global requirement because your action will matter for the other countries so on one side you have to be have taken the your national interest or the national needs into the consideration to designing your programs similar but simultaneously you also have to keep an eye on the global dimension because your actions matters and your actions can be beneficial for the other countries and can be problematic for other countries so the both should be go hand in hand there should not be a single thing a single minded mentality it should not be there so we need to talk about national and the global simultaneously because under when we talk about a green so then we have to need to talk about then the broader context not only within the boundary of your geographical boundary of your country what obstacles lie ahead for the bri in terms of green development what further actions do you believe are essential i think there are two types of the problem i can say number one that will be the propaganda so the western countries there you know they always they try to malign or come up with the baseless you can say the allegations 
about Chinese investment, sometimes debt trap, sometimes or they are exploiting, sometimes this, that, that, blah, blah. That one part would be the propaganda. They were saying, oh, China is only talking, China is not taking actions, China is doing this, China is doing this. That's when China have to prepare itself to counter the propaganda. I think China has a solid basis to counter because the investment in the BRF, if you look at the last 10 years, I think more than the 58% investment in the last few years, more than 50% is renewable. China is taking the action. If you compare it to 2013 and 2020, you will see a huge difference in the percentage of the investment. For example, in 2020, the so total investment in renewable energy was 58.8%, something like that. So China is taking action. Second, the needs of developing countries. Maybe both those some developing countries, they may be even not in the position to absorb all principles of the green development. Maybe there's a problem with their capacity. Maybe there's a problem with the financial health. Maybe there's a problem with um, other, some, you can say the policy obstacles in those countries. They can also create some challenges. But I hope as a, uh, say a BRI is a collaborative and a collaborative program and it is based on the extensive consultation and the cooperation, maybe they find the, some solution. But the domestic situation of those countries can create some problem because they are resource poor they are maybe they don't have the better broader understanding of environmental needs and the climate change impacts they maybe they have to ask for some compromises these can be a challenges in the coming days but i hope through the consultation and through the coordination they can overcome those challenges yeah, you've mentioned how China and Pakistan have been cooperating in promoting green development. I'm curious to know what tangible benefits have been made to local people, like um, people around you, such as your friends. How do they view this initiative? How have they benefited from it? Look, the first of all, if you look at the BRI and most specifically the CPEC, that is part of BRI. When CPEC launched in the Pakistan, Pakistan was going through the worst type of the electricity crisis in our country. We were losing four to five billion US dollar annually due to the electricity crisis. My institute calculated if there was no BRI investment in, a, in a energy, to today Pakistan will, will be losing 15 to 20 billion US dollar on annual basis. And that is a very huge amount for Pakistan. And you know Pakistan is struggling to meet its obligations. So on one side, CPAC energy project helped us to avoid this situation. Second, there was a load shedding. Even in the capital of country, there was a load shedding of the hours and hours. But now we don't have, we have to go through those load shedding periods. Then if you look at the renewable energy, as I told already, if you look at uh, 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 some solar park and many wind parks and hydro power projects, they all contributed positively. And third, jobs. During that with the first phase, around about 192,000 jobs were created. That's mean 192,000 families problem were uh, got the income, families got the income. The problems of the 192 families was somehow to it was improved. Apart from that, CPEC created many indirect jobs. According to stati official statistics of Pakistan, more than 100 small and medium enterprises benefited directly from the CPEC. That means those also SMEs also created job. 
when SMEs is doing the business, that means they are creating the jobs. Also created job. But the most important thing, which I think was very game changing for the Pakistan, before CPAC, the countries were not investing in Pakistan. They were saying terrorism is going on. There is a very poor infrastructure. Why we should invest in Pakistan? Even Pakistan was ally of war on terror with America and the Western country. They were not investing in Pakistan. Rather, they were running campaigns against Pakistan. At that time, China came forward to invest in Pakistan. After the first phase of CPAC, many countries now want to join the CPAC and they want to come to invest in the Pakistan. Right now, their biggest hurdle for Pakistan is the business environment, which will be overcome very soon. So hopefully. So otherwise, CPAC has increased the investment opportunities for Pakistan and many countries want to invest in Pakistan. That is a big game changer for us. We know that this is not your first trip to China. What aspects of this trip left the most significant impression on you? I think the time consumption in the discussion. We have very long hours of discussions. We have discussions on different issues and then the media interactions with many media groups and not only in China but also back in Pakistan but they were asking what is happening, what is not happening. So if I have to conclude or summarize in one sentence, all the minutes we spent here, it was busy. That was Shaquille Ahmad Rame, Chief Executive Officer of Asian Institute of Eco-Civilization Research and Development. Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Now let's follow Yang Guang to catch up with the latest climate developments across the globe. China and the five Central Asian countries have launched an action plan to promote cooperation on grain technology in ecology, agriculture and biodiversity. Indonesia is likely to face the worst rice shortage at the end of this year due to a widespread drought caused by El Nino. Kenya has announced the plans to delineate boundaries of all forests across the country and fence them to curb human encroachment and other illegal activities. The East African country is also running a campaign to plant 15 billion trees in 10 years in a bid to cushion the country from adverse effects of climate change. Data show that in the third quarter of this year, the share of Australia's electricity generated by coal power has fallen to 45%, the lowest on record. The reduction is due to lower demand and increased availability of cheaper fuels. Researchers in Australia have also found that predatory sea stars can remain resilient to heatwave conditions, sparking concerns for the survival of corals amid climate change-driven ocean warming. That's all we have for this edition of Climate Watch. To listen to this episode again or to catch up on our previous episodes, you can search Climate Watch on major podcast platforms or visit our website, radio.cgtn.com. You can also contact us via radio at cgtn.com. All your comments and advice are valued. Climate Watch is brought to you by CGTN Radio. Our producer is me, Gao Jingya. Our executive producer is Holy Mei. Yang Guang brings us the latest climate developments for this episode. 
Thank you for listening. 